Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. I'm sure you've heard the term, my truth, and it may be different from your truth, but is it really? How do we determine what's true and what's not when we all have our own truths? Is truth a myth? And that's the topic of our discussion today. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and settle in. Good morning. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Good. How are you? How are you managing with the kids at home? Well, um, every day I push the bounds of sanity, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> We're doing okay. All things considered for sure. <laughs> I'll be very happy when online school is over though. I'll tell you that. I'll bet. I'll bet it's such a challenge. I know that a lot of the teenagers I'm talking to right now are checked out. You know, they just, they know they have work to do, but it's so hard to be motivated when their bed is calling or their, you know, their video game system is calling and the weather's starting to get really nice. And I totally get it. It's the same concept that it's hard to sit down and say, just relax to a mom or to a a homemaker when you see dirty dishes in the sink or you see dust, you know, or you, you know that there's a load of laundry. It's when you're working from home, it's hard to manage all of that other stuff and students are no different. Yeah. And especially for me with younger children, it's very, very hard for me to deal with kids who don't want to do school when what we're talking about is first grade library. <laughs> in in my life, like a few months of him missing first grade library art gym they're still doing specials. God help me. I just can't. I love teachers. I respect teachers. I know they're doing the best. I respect the arts, but holy crap. Not <laughs> Do you know how many TikTok videos I've seen with Mentos and Coke? Because yeah. it's everybody's go-to science experiment. You know. Yeah. I'm like, did you read the back of the cereal box this morning during breakfast? Yes. Great. Library's done. Like, let's, <laughs> you know, I, my standards have dropped to an all time low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a hoot. Well, let's, let's take a break from that. And I, you know, sometimes when we're researching these podcasts, I think, oh my gosh, this is so heavy. And I think yeah. Our topic today has the tendency maybe to be heavy because it's not as black and white as one might imagine. Yeah, so so much nuance with this as is I guess most things when you really dive in, but I think it's especially relevant in the time that we're living about truth because and especially like I feel like the past couple of weeks when some interesting information has been shared on social media um, that is very polarizing and some people believe it to be truth and some people believe it to be fiction. So I'm excited. Good. Well, let's, let's start off by listening 
to um, just a little clip I found. In order to engage in any sensible discussion about truth, we must first overcome the obstacle of relativism. Okay, so I think we need to start here. Yes. Well, relativism. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's define it. In so it right. So in the in the intro, when I talk about your truth and my truth. Yeah. Right. That's, that's really relativism. relativism. Yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. It's it's the idea that truth is relative to your experience. Right. And your kind of your experience only. I, I'm gonna use a, a very current example that I, I hope that everybody has seen on social media recently talking about the pandemic. And it's it's basically that you and I are not in the same boat. Like at first everyone's like, we're all in this together, we're all in the same boat. And then I think as weeks went on, people started thinking like, well, we're not in the same boat. Things are very different. And the first statement where we're all in the same boat is just kind of truth, if you want to think of it that way. And then, okay, well, we're not in the same boat because all of our circumstances are different. That's relativism. Yes, for sure. And that's a really great example because at the end of the day, no one can dispute the fact that there is a global pandemic, right? right. That's the that's the truth. But then it is simultaneously true that what the pandemic looks like in Montana is very different than what it looks like or what the experience of people are having of it in New York City. Yes, and same with wealthy people experiencing it versus poor people experiencing it. Exactly. Um, people that work in grocery stores versus people that just get work to from do home. their regular job from home. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of set the stage and about the truth and relativism and like avoid relativism a little bit. Right. Because we're not sitting here. I, and I absolutely want to make it clear that we're not arguing that everybody experiences a set of facts from a different perspective. That's, that's not the topic of the conversation. What's really the topic of the conversation is is maybe stepping outside of that perspective to more um, objectively seeking what is true. And so I think in order to do that, I'm going to recommend we turn to this really great TED Talk, and we'll put a link in of it, the whole TED Talk in the bio or in the show notes. And I encourage everybody to listen to it. It's How to See Past Your Own Perspective and Find Truth by Michael Patrick Lynch, who is a professor of philosophy at the University of Connecticut. And he's also the director of the University of Connecticut Humanities Institute. Now we're going um, to use a couple of clips by him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to make one comment here really quick, too, as I'm sitting here thinking about this. I think one interesting thing about if you're if you're talking about truth and then relativism as like kind of a subset of truth, I think one kind of generally unifies, right? We're, we're all in this together, kind of generally unifies everybody. Mm -hmm. And then when you insert relativism, it generally divides. Oh, totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy has an article 
called The Analysis of Knowledge. And I thought this was really fascinating. And they talk about kind of different kinds of truth. But the truth condition, in what they're postulating is the truth condition. They're saying that truth is a metaphysical piece as opposed to epistemological, which epistemological is relating to the theory of knowledge knowledge, um, in terms of validity and scope. So it's more hands-on, right? Versus this metaphysical kind of out there thing. But most of us identify truth from a belief condition, which is the relativism, right? That you only know what you believe. And I think that's fascinating. And it's, if you don't believe it, then you don't even make an effort to know it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. All right. So I digress. I know I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but we're going to listen now to uh, Michael Patrick Lynch talk about the origin or kind of maybe the first thoughts about truth. It really goes back all the way to the Greek philosopher Protagoras, if not farther back. Protagoras said that objective truth was an illusion because man is the measure of all things. Okay, so... Man is the measure of all things. Objective truth is an illusion. Yeah. So that was the observation. (laughs) Say that again. I was just saying, I, yeah, I don't agree with that. (laughs) I think it was mostly an observation about how humans perceive truth, right? Yeah, for sure. Objective truth is really hard to come by. Yeah, the 2016 Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year is post-truth. That was the word of the year, post-truth. It was uh, relating or denoting to circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Yeah. And and isn't it interesting that I don't know how many how many years ago was that spoken in Greek literature right. versus today, you know, thousands of years ago and it, and nothing much has changed other than that maybe the speed at which that happens because everything is so easily accessible now, right? Yeah. If anything what I hoping our listeners will key in on here is this idea of objective truth. What, What are the facts and what do they look like before you add your beliefs or your opinions? So I'm, I'm going to pull another example here that was posted and shared all over social media. Sure. And I at first I first want to make an observation. So I was very involved in journalism in high school and I actually went to journalism school for a year in college and sourcing is very important and I've known that for a very long time. And so 
it's just so interesting to me to observe how people receive information nowadays. Most of the time, it's not from a newspaper that is delivered at their door. It's from a social media feed where a friend or family or coworker has posted something and you click it. And really, you probably almost know what it's going to say before you even click on it based on who who posted it because you kind of get to know the person's opinions already. Right. Or you'll have an idea of what slant it has. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was true for me over the last couple of weeks when that pandemic trailer had been shown. Oh, right. And just being perfectly honest, I was very, I was very disappointed in the people that shared it. And I was disappointed not because they are crazy anti-vaxxers because the people that posted it are not crazy people, but because almost all of the information shared in that trailer was very, very easily fact checkable Mm -hmm. and nobody fact checked before they posted it. Nobody Mm -hmm. went and looked at the source. The researcher who was featured in there said that she did a lot of work uh, in HIV AIDS and she published in the journal Science. And that's a, well, you can very, very simply check all of that. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. It takes time. It takes a desire and a willingness, willingness to make sure that the information that you are reading is accurate. And therein and, lies the problem. Right. right. Most people are Don't too freaking lazy to right. fact check. Or, and, and this is something that I, I mean, this is the part where I had to walk away and, and unfollow some people. And by the way, admittedly unfollowing people, that's another problem with receiving information from social media. It is so easy just to feed our own biases and say, well, that person doesn't believe what I believe unfollow. So mm-hmm. the, the, and, and, um, the Michael, uh, Patrick Lynch mentioned this in his, in his video too. And I really do want to echo your thoughts that I hope people listen to the whole thing. You know, these algorithms on social media are, are designed to feed us what we want. Right. right. You can't go on the internet and Google something without having that same thing show up in a Facebook ad 20 minutes later. Yeah. And so it's it's just it's it's so curated and it's so easy to just feed your own bias and and get further and further away from this objective truth and it's it's just so prevalent in our culture if you if you look yeah and you know we talk a lot or we have been talking a lot interestingly about confirmation bias and this idea that information is funneled to us to confirm the beliefs that we tend to identify with online. So if I, and I'm constantly Googling things in preparation or research for other, for other things, but if I Google, why do Democrats think the way they do? The next time I log on to anything, my feeds are full of Democrat type of propaganda. 
If I do the same thing for Republicans, it's that it's that. If I do it for Christians, it's full of that. If if I do it for atheists, it's full of that. Yeah. And if I'm not constantly interested in the opposing perspective, then I'm not getting a well-rounded picture. So, okay, very interesting that you bring up the well-rounded picture because one of the things that I did when people posted this video is I I go to Snopes.com often. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Snopes does not take, they're funded by independent donors. It's all that information is on their website and they're funded by independent donors and they're funded by ads primarily. So they they're very clear about what their agenda is. Now you can go ahead and be a conspiracy theorist and think that they're lying and you can go down the rabbit hole of not trusting anything from any source anywhere. And it's, it's well, then you should just listen to last week's episode or yes. two weeks ago when we did conspiracy. <laughs> oh. but, but here's the thing. I went to Snopes. I looked Snopes posts, all of their, their resources where they get stuff. So you can go then independently check their yep. sources. Yep. But I posted this and someone said, well, I I must be crazy, but I don't I don't trust Snopes. Okay. I did the same thing. <laughs> well, I got the same then, response. Then go tr- then go to the original source, and a lot of things that I kept hearing was, well, even if the the video isn't true or isn't a hundred percent true, we still need to hear all sides of that argument. And and to your point. You know, yeah, it's generally it's a good thing to have a well-rounded viewpoint. If you look at the left, you should go look at the right just to see what's going on. And truthfully, the the real objective truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But people are saying we need to hear both sides, and I I think that is so misguided. And I I in that sort of context, when you're presented with an objective fact that says what you have just posted or what you are believing is 100% objectively false. We do not need to hear both sides of the argument anymore. We don't. We don't need okay. to hear the, the Nazism side of the argument. We don't need to hear the pro-racism side of the argument anymore. Like we don't, we don't need to hear that. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought because I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> We'll be right back. Hey, everyone, it's Leslin. One of our goals this year is to grow the podcast audience, and you can help. We would truly appreciate a share or a shout out if you found the ideas here helpful. Don't forget, you can always touch base with us personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, trythisathomepodcast.com. Okay. As you're talking, I, I, I wanted to be so respectful and just let you talk. And you're theoretically, I absolutely concur with everything, but you know, I think of it, if I drive my car and every time I turn on a street, if I only look to the left, one of these days, I'm going to get buckled by somebody coming from the right. Of course. I, yeah. Yeah. You have to look at both sides. Except that to your point, if one side, if like this Nazi idea, right, or the, or the race, the racial piece, if we're, if I think here's the key, 
You have to look at both sides. And then you must use logical, rational, moral reasoning to make a decision about those that information. Right. Right? So, and then at some point, there's this, this idea that those decisions we come to have to benefit the greater good, which is probably a whole nother podcast. What does that even mean? Right. But right. we've, you know, it's, it's the benefit of the many, the most, isn't that kind of at the crux of the basic philosophical argument that yeah. if, I mean, some people would tell you that slavery and I don't mean, I mean, any kind of slavery benefits somebody. Well, yeah, of but it's, of but it's not humane, right? right? right. Nazis, that was a, it was a, a theory and we have neo-Nazis even today. It's a theory, but does, is it humane? Is well, but, it good for the existence of humanity? Yeah, but I guess, I guess my point is if you, if someone says, you know, some, something like this, this pandemic movie, it's a, it's an easy, it's an easy example. So I'll use mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. If someone says, you know, here's this movie, this is a dissenting opinion from, if you want to, you, you know, I'm using air quotes here, mainstream media. Mm-hmm. We need to give this validity. I think we have a, a responsibility to look at it and say, oh, okay, well, here's this new piece of information that's different. So sure, let's look at it. We absolutely should. But when we, you know, spend 10 minutes and realize that already seven things in the first five minutes are untrue, I don't, I don't think we have to then say, well, we need to continue to give this, you know, equal equal weight with what is objectively true because we can fact check. We know we can go to the journal articles. We can go look and see, you know, arrest records. We can look at all of this stuff. And if it is wrong, if it is incorrect, I think we've done our due diligence and we can, we can put it to bed. Absolutely. At 100%. And, and you know, when you hear you say that, I think of the flat earths movie or the, yes. the, um, documentary. And they spend all this time, you know, I don't remember how long it is, but maybe up until the last five minutes of the episode, talking about their ideas or their philosophies, their, their perspective or the facts as they see them. And isn't that weird that I'm even justifying the facts as they see them? They are laying out data that allows them to believe that the earth is flat and they have this very elaborate experiment planned to prove it to us. Right. Think of, I mean, we, we know objectively that the earth is not flat, but think about all the money and the resources and the time and the energy that some people a group of people have spent giving these flat earthers a platform and a voice to share this false thing. Yeah. And I guess, 
you know, uh, being a flat earther is, it's not, it's not really ever going to hurt me or you in, in a real way, because there's such a small percentage of people that believe this and whether the earth is flat around it is, and we're living on it and you know, whatever. But there are other things that do have really negative consequences. For example, when Andrew Wakefield falsified his data and got everyone to believe that vaccines cause autism, that mm-hmm. had real lasting negative consequences that we are still dealing with, even though that article was retracted. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's like the cat's out of the bag. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good, and you're, you're, you're making a really valid point that I think hopefully our listeners will pay attention to. We're not saying don't look left and right. What we're saying is once you look left and you establish that there are no cars there, you don't have to keep looking left. Right. Yeah. You know, once you establish something as a fact you don't have to keep going there to make sure that it's a fact until you get to the next intersection. And then you will have to look left again. Absolutely. Yeah, you can. Right? I mean, I definitely politically lean, you know, middle left for sure. No question about it. However, not on every subject, I don't. Not on every right. topic. I, I approach every every piece as a blank slate. Okay. For this topic, am I left or right? Okay. Next one for this one. Am I left or right? Just because you believe 99% you identify as a Republican, there might be a 1% where you absolutely identify as a Democrat and that is okay. Mm -hmm. We have been, we have been conned into believing that you have to be all in on either side. And that is simply just not true. Mm -hmm. So. That leads me to something else that Michael Patrick uh, Lynch said in this quote. So let's listen to that. Here he's talking about kind of having skepticism about truth and what that means. Nonetheless, skepticism about truth can be tempting because it allows us to rationalize away our own biases. When we do that, we're sort of like the guy in the movie who knew he was living in the Matrix, but decided he liked it there anyway. After all, getting what you want feels good. Being right all the time feels good. So often it's easier for us to wrap ourselves in our cozy information bubbles, live in bad faith, and take those bubbles as the measure of reality. So there, he's really talking about when we hear the truth and we're skeptical of it it's because it doesn't it might not feel good we might be it might mean that we were wrong yes. it might mean that we don't get what we want yeah it's hard to admit that you're wrong sometimes you have to have humility and you know a willingness to sometimes very publicly say hey I thought A, as it turns out, B was right. And that that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have lived in a culture of gratification 
for so long. And to be fair, there's a lot of maybe even two generations now that have in many in many ways just lived the life that they wanted until maybe recently, right? Yeah. yeah. And so not getting what you want doesn't feel good. Being wrong doesn't feel good. And yet I ask that everybody stops and and says, but what's available to me if this is all there is? Like, would you go ahead? Oh, I was just going to say he, he has a quote here that I, I think I'm going to put up on a post-it on my computer because I, I really, really, really like something that he says later on in the, in the um, Ted talk. And he says, you need to see, see your worldview as open to improvement by the evidence and experience of others. And what I love most about that is improvement. It's, it's not hard to admit. Well, I should say it's not as hard. I don't think to admit when you're, that you're wrong. If being wrong means that your life has been improved. (laughs) Right. Um, And, and so, you know, if, if you, if there's an error in your bank and the bank says, you know, Hey, there, you made a bank error. You have an extra thousand bucks in there. You're nobody's going to contest that. Nobody's going to say, Nope, I was right. Take the thousand. I mean, (laughs) your circumstance, you're going to be thrilled to be wrong, not just happy, thrilled. And so I, I think, you know, changing our perspective about that and saying, okay, I'm gonna, I've, I've felt this trigger, if you will, or this thing that I've, I've come across this information and I felt this thing that tells me I don't like it because either I think it's wrong or it goes against my worldview. Okay. I'm going to do some digging and, and kind of try to figure this out for myself. And I'm going to try to find, you know, we were always taught in journalism school, three independent sources, right. That verified it. I'm going to find different sources from different places and I'm going to see what that tells me. And I'm going to believe that my life could be improved by the evidence and experience of others. I I think that's wonderful. I could not agree more. You know, I say all the time when I'm working in, you know, with a client or with a couple that in order to love, we must be willing to feel pain. We must be willing to lose right? To lose that love. We can't love someone with our whole heart if we're not willing to lose the love or to lose the person. Well, the same is true for knowledge, right? We can't be open to more if we're not willing to discover that what we think is wrong. That's the basis of science. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes, 100%. And so that takes us to our last clip. And again, this is Michael Patrick Lynch talking about daring to know. Daring to know 
Daring to understand means risking the possibility that you could be wrong. It means risking the possibility that what you want and what's true are different things. So it, he's talking there about willing to risk. Really, just exactly what I said. We have to be willing to risk that we're not going to get what we want. We have to be willing to risk that we're not going to be right in order to learn. And I think to what you were talking about earlier, it's really about understanding or learning new facts, right? And we have to keep in mind that a fact is a reality that cannot be logically disputed or rejected. There are facts on this planet that we have to be open to believing if they can't be disputed or rejected, even if they don't fit into this relative view of, of reality or truth that we experience. Yes. Yes. Right? I, I don't know what else to say. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I just want to leave everybody with that particular point is that you must, we all must be open to facts. And a fact, and I'm just going to say it again, is a reality that cannot be logically disputed or rejected. I mean, I'm not sure any of us aside from those people who have nerve damage and maybe can't feel, but it doesn't dispute the fact that fire is hot. Right. Right. There are facts in this world. People are either six foot five or they're not. They were either born in Hawaii or they weren't, you know, I mean, there are things that, and, and if that fact doesn't fit your paradigm you can't just ignore it right and i think that's the that's the end the end all of this particular discussion is that we we need to be on the lookout for more and more facts and if they don't fit our hypothesis we must reconsider our hypothesis. And that's at the end of the Flat Earther movie, the facts that they gathered, the data that they gathered in this really elaborate experiment didn't fit their hypothesis. And they failed to believe it. They thought they did something wrong, right? They just figured their experiment was skewed. It was some, and that reminds oh gosh, that's going to take me down another rabbit hole. But. <laughs> Well, so, all right, let's talk about our Titus at home for this week. Yes. So I think you actually posed it really perfectly. So why don't you tell people what we are encouraging? All right. So I think the try this at home, something that is really good for us to all get in the habit of doing is to check news sources that you normally wouldn't. If you are a Republican, head on over to CNN or MSNBC. If you are a Democrat, head on over to Fox News, read what the other side is thinking. And honestly, I would encourage everyone to look at three different sources. Try to find three different angles 
of the same news item or the same information. Go look for other go for, look for other perspectives and see how that changes how you are interpreting and thinking about this information. Yes. And, you know, and it doesn't have to even just always be about politics. It can be really about anything. It can be about the pandemic. It can be about the way that your mortgage is structured. You know, maybe you and your partner have a, a disagreement about that. Get the facts. Well, identify the facts. We're really good at doing this when it comes to medical diagnoses, right? That's what the second opinion is. We go and we try to gather more information and facts from somebody else. Well, apply that to everything. <laughs> you know, get a second opinion. Yeah, like you, those are great examples. Your mortgage, your credit card interest rate. I mean, oh my gosh, this could apply to so many different things. How do dis- the children? <laughs> exactly. And and that's the point, right? Is that if we're not always open to learning and to exploring the full picture and then making an educated, rational, moral decision based on those facts, based on the facts, then I think we're really limiting our potential as human beings. Yeah. So we haven't picked out a topic for next week yet. We are running on the fly with the podcast <laughs> a little bit at the moment, but I'm sure it's going to be enticing as always. So we hope that you will join us. We're ever so grateful that you took the time to listen today. And so from Leslie and Leslie, thanks for being here. We hope you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.